love you did the best teaser I've seen in forever. I want to get it right here. <laughs> the reason everyone in Seattle needs to buy a pumpkin loaf and make sure there's none available for George Kittle. I couldn't not ask you about this because it's such a great teaser. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I do like to leave people hanging and wanting more. Here's the deal. A couple of years ago, George Kittle was in a little bit of a slump along with the Niners. They come to Seattle. His dad buys him a pumpkin loaf before the game. He eats it and then goes off for 180 yards in the game. That has become part of his game day routine. It was so popular that he has actually gotten some of his other teammates to do it, including Fred Warner. So I need to make sure that there's none available when folks go to the Starbucks or their local coffee shop. So I know that it's a heavy ask on a Thanksgiving day where everybody's already got their eating plan, but I'm really hoping that Seahawks fans come through. So he he needs to get the dry banana bread, if there is any, or the lemon. That's exactly uh, right. Or a lemon loaf. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh Okay. Non-seasonal. I think, I think that's, that's a, that's a good, the start of a good game plan for sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Geno Smith apparently going to start. My question is how much of an upgrade, and I know we haven't seen Drew Locke a lot, but how much of an upgrade, like, is he, and if he is hurt, do they check down during the game in your opinion? How much of an upgrade is Drew Locke or how much of an upgrade is he? <laughs> how much of an upgrade? I'm, Assuming they're starting Smith, they think he's the guy. Yeah. So, so how much yeah. of an upgrade is he injured on Drew Locke? Well, I mean, look, he gets more of the reps with the first team. And I think what fans miss is how many times the coaches actually see these guys, right? Like, you're not just evaluating them on potential, These guys get videotaped in every walkthrough and every practice. They know exactly what they have on this roster, right? Like they're, they're making evaluations week by week, practice by practice. Gino is the better quarterback and he gets more reps with the first team. Now, Drew Locke did get more of those reps this week, just in case, but Pete Carroll was pretty confident yesterday when we talked to him that Gino's going to be able to play. If something comes up, sure, they don't mind putting Drew in. It's happened twice this week, or excuse me, this season. I think, I'm just going to suspect this right now, once Gino gets going, I think he's going to be okay to stay in the game because it's more of like a swelling movement issue and a pain issue than like an injury. There's no injury necessary, right? It's not like a ligament or a tendon or something. It's just a pain management with some swelling and where he got hit. I think once he gets going, he will be just fine today. And in fairness to Smith, even though I don't think anybody thought it was going to be like the sexiest signing and addition and any of those things, he's actually covered the bet, right? Like he's actually been an efficient quarterback for them. He has been an efficient quarterback. Now, you could look at the entire team and the offense in particular and say it's inconsistencies that have really caused problems. You know, against the Rams, they have had their four longest drives of the season. Two last week and two in week one. They drove the entire length of the field. They possessed the ball. They had a number of plays. And what made the difference in those games is that two of those times they scored touchdowns and two of those times they scored field goals. They're not scoring in the red zone, not touchdowns anyway, at the rate that they should be. And there were untimely penalties that caused problems on third down and forced them into third and long situations. Gino is more than capable of of executing the offense, and we have seen him lead game-winning drives. 
the inconsistencies have popped up in maddening ways during very close games this year. The 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 situation with Kenneth Walker, he's out, but Charbonnet from UCLA is in. Uh, how much confidence does the team and the fan base have? And his numbers are pretty good. Charbonnet looks like he's okay. Yeah, he's been great. And he's actually been getting more carries as the season goes on. He is a very different style of runner than Ken Walker. And his likely backup today is a different style than Charbonnet. So Zach Charbonnet has absolute power, and he looks for guys to run over. He is fast, but he is super physical um, to the point where a couple of weeks ago, I probably should have got it out of bounds and instead hit a defender. Uh, again, the clock kept running. That's beside the point because the Seahawks ended up winning that game. Um, what you're probably going to see is DJ Dallas, who has been a third down back for most of his career and a great returner this season. He'll get some more carries, and likely you're going to get a first look at Kenny McIntosh, the running back out of Georgia, who is fast. He is speedy. He is twitchy, and he is excellent at catching the ball out of the backfield. So I would expect a few touches to go to him, which would be a nice changeup, quite honestly, and something that the uh, that the Niners haven't seen. So it, it'll be a diverse running back group for sure. Jen Mueller from Root Sports Northwest joining us. So uh, I was looking at the injury report earlier, and I know that uh, Lockett was full practice with a hamstring, a toe problem for Metcalf. They're both good to go. Um, I lock it is, I think like, based on the way that Pete talked about DK, he is good to go there as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it seems that way. I think there was a little bit of a question going into the week, considering that Lockett's been dealing with that hamstring yeah. uh, for the better part of the year. Would he be able to make the turn on a short week? And it certainly seems like he will be able to. 49ers defense is strong and it's gotten stronger, uh, courtesy Washington. Uh, what, what, how do you, how do you game plan against that? I know there's got to be quick, you know, quick plays, quick hits, that sort of thing. Uh, but, but that is a lot of pressure and that could be ball game along the line. Yeah. You got to get the running game going for as much as Pete Carroll preaches that you've got to, you know, start with the run game. Seattle hasn't been able to do that very much. And part of that is they are falling behind the chains. I mean, they, they are just not getting enough yards on first and second down. Against this defense, you have got to get positive yards on first and second down. You have to take care of the football. And I know that you've got deep threats downfield, but with the pressure that they're going to bring – you can't rely on those deep hits. You're going to have to look middle of the field. I would expect Jackson Smith and Jigba to have a big game on this one, right? To, to just take those those five, six yards, maybe turn them into 12, you know, get some yards after catch. But you, you've got to stay on schedule uh, on against this 49ers defense and not make it more difficult than it already will be. On the other side of the line, what, what's the game plan against Purdy? I mean, I, like, I, 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 we're not talking Brady here, but he wins and, and you know, he's got weapons. Yeah, and again, if you look at the Seahawks' defense last week, I know that it was a terrible loss in L.A. It was actually a pretty good game statistically for the defense. Now, I understand Matthew Stafford found his groove in the second half, but you look at third-down conversions that they allowed, fewest of the year. You look at yards allowed, it really wasn't that many. Here's what killed them. Penalties, untimely penalties. It's been the same thing on offense. Today, you cannot shoot yourself in the foot. You cannot give them that first down via penalty, which is what we've seen far too many times. 
It is about playing fundamental on both sides of the ball. Tackling has to be there, which for some reason has been a challenge for this team in different weeks of the season. What I do like is that with Leonard Williams being in there now for another week, this pass rush unit is more cohesive because it takes time to learn how to rush next to a new guy. Um, They they are more cohesive, and Devin Witherspoon makes a huge difference in the secondary. Seattle across the board is better suited to defend this 49ers offense than they were last year in the playoffs. Jen Miller, our guest from Root Sports Northwest. Final question for you. It's a lame one, and I, we started so well with the, the pumpkin loaf, and i got to ask this because it's like if they win, they're 7-4, and four, Niners are 7-4. and four, That would be a hell of a first two-thirds of a season for this team. Yeah. I mean, I think six wins is, is great. I think what really taints kind of the feeling is that you were so close in a couple other games and just couldn't pull it out. I mean, I think that that's kind of where it is. But, yeah, and this is the showdown that everybody has been waiting. It's Thursday night. It's prime time. It's at home. It's the team that has owned the division and that is considered a benchmark. This is a great rivalry game, and it is a tough stretch of games for the Seahawks in the next four weeks. So this is a big one tonight. Not that Pete's going to say it's bigger than any other game on the schedule, (laughs) but I think everybody understands what's at stake and the opportunity that's here for the Seahawks. I enjoyed this very much. Thank you. Absolutely. Tell everybody to go buy some pumpkin loaf.